It's Tim Gillette, and we're back here with another Tim Gillette show. Hey, man, I've got a great guest for you guys today. This guy, he was supposed to be on a couple weeks ago, but some stuff came up, and and uh, he said, man, i got to rearrange it because i got to get on your show, and it's I'm so glad he did because this is somebody that I've wanted to connect to for a while, get a recording of it, and get to know him live on camera, and that's the coolest part about this show. So today's guest, uh, Stephen, all right, he's got minimalistmarketing.biz, and I'm sure he's going to tell us about that as well as we'll get to know him live on camera. Here we go, guys. Let's see. Mr. Steven, how are you? Hey, Tim. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, man, it, it's, it, it took a bit for us to get you and I together, huh? It did. I, I apologize. I actually had a concussion, which made me um, have, to, have to reschedule. Oh, so, you know, so, so basically, all right, your marketing expert said, let me smack you upside the head because I don't want you to get too much publicity being on Tim's show. Yes, pretty much. And my marketing expert was about 13 years old. <laughs> Isn't it funny how much them 13-year-olds know more about marketing than you and I do sometimes? Ah, these dang kids these days. <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked though, all right, at how often I can I can ask ask one of one of you know my kids or something like that about something on the computer and they know it. I don't I'm like I, when I was your age, I knew how to play dirts in the dirt dirt in the sand, man, with a truck. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I, I I called my um I called one of my boys' girlfriends the other day. I was like, "Hey, um, I text her. I was like, I don't know why I'm asking you this, but I'm at that age where I need to ask you how to do something on the computer, and I work on the computer all day." She just started laughing. She's like, "I love you." <laughs> you know, you know, it, it's those cute cute things about the kids that we'll miss someday. So, uh, or, or they're going to miss about us someday too, because they're going to be like, well, I wish my dad, because he was this cranky old bastard, always asked me the dumbest questions at the right time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, speaking of which, all right, you know, uh, you know, how did you get into the marketing game? And I know you got kind of a different niche, a different twist on things than I do. How did you get into this game, man? Um, that is, that is a crazy story, but I'm glad you asked. So I was, I, I've been doing, I was doing social media management for a little bit for a couple of clients and, and some copywriting things. And I was really trying to break into the coaching niche of, mm -hmm. of being a life coach. And um, I was at a, I was at a meetup one night talking to a gentleman and we we're talking about it. And he's like, he's like, so how many clients do you have? I'm like, well, I have zero, but that's not the point. <laughs> you know, it's like, and he's like, so how do you make your money? And I said, well, I do copywriting. Um, a little bit of ghost writing right now, but mainly social media management. And he asked me who I did it for, and um, and I, you know, and, and what I did. And I said, well, basically, I do LinkedIn and Facebook um, for for a gentleman. And he was like, do you do it for him? I was like, yes. He's like, so everything that he puts out is you. And I said, for the last year, year and a half, yeah, that's that's basically how I've been doing it. And uh, he was like, bro you should be doing that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's something I kind of, I mean, I love doing, I love writing. And he's like, or he like takes me, takes me, grabs me by the shoulder. He's like, bro, this is what you need to be doing. So I went home and uh, thought about it. And the next day I was at a, at a conference, um, like a business breakfast conference. And the speaker was talking about passions and purpose and how, and he, he was coming from the angle of God. Um, saying how like you know God gives us this this passion this purpose and and if we're not doing it the right way he might take it from us for a little bit he'll always bring
and it might or, or it might be a different angle, but he'll always bring it back around. And yeah. then the next day, I was talking to one of my clients, and who I was just at that time was doing a couple articles a month for, and she said, "Hey, I need my book edited. How much would you? How much would you charge for me to do the book?" And I gave her a price, and she's a, she scratches her head. She says, "That's like just a a few hundred dollars off of if I hired you to be my full time copywriter." And I was like, "Yeah, pretty much." And she's like, "Why don't I just hire you to be my full time copywriter?" And that was that, so that was two years ago. That's how I basically got into doing that. And then over the last over the last you know year and a half, I've really really kind of honed down um, to what I where my niche is, which is article writing, blog writing, and, and ghost writing slash editing. Yeah. Non-fiction books. So I mean that's kind of what my daughter my daughter's kind of that's she's kind of she doesn't do like the copywriting, but she's doing a lot of like ghostwriting for people, and that's where she found her niche. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's interesting that some people would rather do the writing and some people would rather create their own programs and stuff. And and you know, it's always interesting how we find what we like or what we're good at, you know. Um yeah. Yeah. so um <clears throat> You know, you know what I mean? Did you actually then put on hold uh, trying to be the life coach then, huh? I I did. So so um, when I when I came on as as a full time copywriter for for my client for one of my clients that I had, she was essentially doing everything that I wanted to do as a life coach. The angle that I was taking with uh, she was a business coach, and it was talking mm -hmm. about creating legacy, um, which was you know, how, how I wanted to do it. What I, what I found over the course of a couple of months is I, she gave me carte blanche to, that we would come up and say, okay, here's the theme for the month, or here's the idea that we want to go with, with this quarter. Um, here's the amount of articles that we want to write. Here's where we want to put them at. Write them. And so I have been able to essentially, you know, make my life coaching through her life coaching coaching or her, through her business coaching because uh, our principles align so well mm -hmm. and uh and it was kind of cool because i was talking to another colleague and talking to her about what i do and she was like wait a minute so you write the articles she gets her name on there and you get no credit for it and i was like yeah basically that's that's it's basically ghostwriting and copywriting yeah and she's like, I don't, I don't understand why, why someone would do that. And I said, and I, and I was talking when I was talking to her. I said, Hey, you used to work in Hollywood. So I kind of, you know, what's the one thing that every single person at some point in our life wants to be, either a musician or an actor, right? You know, like that, you have that dream at some point. And I said, so Yeah. I kind of look, I kind of look at it, copywriting, ghostwriting as, as acting. I, I get to play a part. I get to learn about a part. I get to, you know, we talk about some of the best actors and actresses out there, you know, character actresses and actors, and they talk about really researching and getting into the role. Um, and that's how I approach my ghostwriting, my copywriting, is really getting in and becoming my client. And so it's yeah. really cool for me because I get to, I get to like live vicariously as an actor through this work that I'm doing. And, um, and I get to, you know, work my passion, which is writing. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and uh, you know, you've been doing it for how many years now? Mm, it looks like forever. I think, I think really I've been, I've been doing it 
since about 2013. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're about 10 years into it. So, which, you know, I'm, I'm only 12 years into what I'm doing. I've been, I've been only just 12 years, but um, that's a long time in a career and, you know, in what we do now, because there's kids coming into this who have got a year and a half into it or blowing the doors off it. And I'm like, Whoa, you know, I wish I could have done that when I was two years in, but you know, (laughs) um, what is, what is one of the things that, that, you know, before you got into this line of work that like kind of led you here, what, like, like what previous careers did you have and, and were you burnt out on them? Things like that. Um, I think I'm on my fifth career here and which is, which is kind of funny. So I started off, um, when I got out of, when I got out of high school, I went, I went to college for a semester and I hated it. I was like, this is like high school with smoke breaks. And, and, um, and, and so I joined the Navy and spent wow. 10 years in the military as a hospital foreman. And, um, and loved, loved every minute of that. Got out. Um, and then all of my friends were having these nervous breakdowns when they hit 30. And I was bound and determined that when I hit 30, I was not going to have a nervous breakdown. And I didn't. I waited until I was 33 and I started to break down. <laughs> and, uh, um, and so that, that kind of, I, you know, we have a saying in the medical field that, you know, EMTs and paramedics and doctors kind of walk on water. It's kind of this ego thing. And, um, and I used to say I invented the water that I walked on. That was how high my ego was. And so, but I never saw it because I was walking with people who were giving me the ingredients to make the water. <laughs> and, uh, um, and so, so that, that process, that whole, that whole year of my life when I was 33 really you know, took me out. I came back in and uh, shifted careers into, some, into sales. So I was still doing medical sales, so, so kind of in the, in the field. And then um, part of my success in, in the medical field was traveling around, speaking at conferences, creating curriculum, writing curriculum. So, I, so honestly, I, I've been I've been writing for probably close to you know twenty five years now. Uh, but, uh, hmm. I got a I got an opportunity to go work work for FedEx um, when they were acquiring Kinkos, and um, when I was sitting down and was looking at doing some training and organizational development for them, the uh, the lady at the time she said, she said, "Why are you changing careers?" And I said, "I'm not." changing careers, I'm changing venues. And she mm. kind of looked at me and I was, she was like, I don't understand. And I said, well, I said, you're hired, you want to hire me to do customer service. I said, as a, as a paramedic, that's what I'm doing is customer service. I said, it just looks different. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, I said, as a paramedic, I have 30 seconds to make a judgment call on somebody. Um, whether, you know, so you, you kind of learn the psychology of people when you, when you're in that field. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I said, and that works that works really well in in, um, in the retail business. Works really well in any business because if you need a customer, potential customer client, you need to make a judgment call on how they're coming at you. And which, if you can teach people how to how to read others, um, that's a great skill to have. And uh, and so I got the job. Um, and so mm-hmm. I did that for a few years. And then when when the economy crashed, I kind of I kind of started doing some freelance copywriting. Um, mm-hmm. Ended up back in school, which is where I really cut my teeth on on editing. Because um, I don't know if my mom's watching this or not, but uh, um, she was when we were in grad school. 
um, she would have to write these, you know, 12, 15, 20 page papers. And she'd give me like a fourth of it. And she's like, here, edit it for me. And so, so I would make it to the, to the page. Um, and so that was, that was kind of where I really learned how to edit and how to, um, how to write well in those, mm-hmm. in those three years. And we had a lot of fun doing it. And so yeah. um, coming, coming off of there, I was like, and at that time we were having our fifth child. And so, wow. and, and so I really was trying to find a way to, to stay home. And, um, yeah. and so that kind of led me through a couple of different, different paths, but, but the ending up just full-time jumping into doing marketing and now again, just kind of niching it down to, to blog and articles. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and then like, you know, I got into blogging because I didn't know what to do when I was going to do. I was going to be the same thing. I was going to be a coach, didn't know what to do. And, uh, you know, I stumbled upon a site to create a blog. And um, all I knew was I had six years earlier, I had Zig Ziglar say, Tim, you should be a speaker and a coach. And I'm like, yeah, OK, what's that mean? I, I didn't know. I really didn't. So I stumbled into blogging like that. And uh I'm still am shocked when people say, Tim, you got, you're a great writer. And I'm like, no, I still think my English teacher is turning over in his grave. The fact that read people are reading what I write, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your, what was your, uh, what was your English like and stuff in high school? Uh, I got lower B's. Uh, okay. You know, I, I, I never really enjoyed English until so as a musician, I don't. I think I was. I was. Um, was it a sophomore or junior year? I took a British literature class. And oh wow! Like the first, the first or second week of of class, we were sitting there one day and we had some. And I was just coming through, you know, all of this, all the poetry and stuff from from England. And I stumbled across this this um poem which is entitled Jerusalem, and as I'm reading through the lyric the the, the 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 words i was like this looks very vaguely familiar and and it hit me about halfway through my like, wait a minute this is an emerson lincoln palmer song <laughs> uh, and, and i was like wait <coughs> and so things just started to mesh and i realized how how um you know music lyrics a lot of that are a lot of them written and it's very poetic I knew mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. but there was this like connection that really that drew me into appreciating words more, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that's been something over the years that I've really enjoyed honing in and growing is how to write, how to write yeah. better. It's you know it's interesting you say that because like when you first said I mean I'm blown away with that first of all you, you took British English. Uh, but then I'm sitting think, when you're sitting there thinking like it's a song, I'm like, I'm starting to think there was an inagata de vida moment <laughs> for musician people who don't know that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just like you stumble upon something really great and you just happen to be in the right place, you know, to stumble upon it. Interesting. Very interesting. That was a mind blower there. Um, did you ever think about using some of your English to write music, or was it just words that you liked writing for for books and stuff? Um, I I have used I have used some lyrics that, that kind of inspire me. Um, I've actually some some of my 
I'm, I'm a very, very big into into the progressive rock. Um, you know, mm-hmm. as a, I'm a drummer, so it's I, I, it's funny. I don't call myself a musician. I call myself a drummer. There's a difference because I can't read music, and so. Um, but I have I have, and many times used different song titles or lyrics inside of songs as inspiration to write articles. Um, and in fact, I had one of the one of the articles I wrote uh, a few months ago for one of my clients. We were talking about um, communication, and I just happened to be listening to to um, Yes, one of their later albums, and. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a song. There's a song off of their big generator album called "Shoot High, Aim Low," and uh, and I was like, and I was listening to it, and it's it's about the music industry, but it but it also talks a little bit about communication, abstractly. And so I used that as the title to write this communication article. So I, I do use it a lot. I do reference it a lot. And actually, when I write, um, I have to have I write better with music. I was yeah. I was joking. I was joking because when I was in when I was in seminary uh, in Bible college, I wrote my best papers at two a.m. listening to Pink Floyd about theology. <laughs> okay, that's just funny right there, you know. Um, but no, I I get it because some of my greatest, well, my 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 best blog post ever was me telling the story about how the song jukebox hero from foreigner inspired me that literally it was an inspirational song that i carried the inspiration inside of me for years and one day i just i'm going to share this why this inspires me and literally i don't know whether it's you know the spirits or you know i mean whether i put my my passion out there that just attracted the right people it was like i went 35 people one day 7700 the next day i'm like there's no measure on how that happened, right? You know, like other than I wrote something yep. that mattered to me. Yeah. Yep. And I think I think that's that's the the cool thing about writing is is when we write with something that inspires us, it, it comes from a more authentic place than just than just you know putting something out there for mm-hmm. have something out there, and um, and so I. For me, you know, and I, and I feel like that for you too. Like, there's, you know, music does that. It just draws, it draws us to a place of of inspiration and and, I, you know, for me, it's clear thinking. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it's, it's being more authentic on what words about on the paper. Yeah. So, like, my coach, uh, he's a his his go to song for writing is, "What's Up" from Four Non Blondes. Mine is renegade from sticks right do you have a song that you're like a go-to let me put this one in and will motivate me to write um recent it, it, it kind of sh- it kind of shifts um for a while it was i would put on the essential playlist from alan parsons project oh wow um, and uh, um and that just that just kept me going um currently now it's um it's the Blue Oyster Colts Revolution by Night album. I don't know what it is, but it's uh, it's it, well, that's it. We're something about lyrics yeah. that were written in the '70s and '80s just have so much more depth, and it just I think I think it just infuses my brain and helps me to to create more depth. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, it is. It's there. There is so much more motivation from the '70s and '80s. Like I can listen to an Eagles song, and I'm like, that's freaking lyrics, as opposed to a Beyonce song that's like 90% of the song is ooh, ooh ah ah. You know, I yeah. right. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. Like you know, you got a quite a bit of of of, of variation though that motivates you, and and does that, and it's that's 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 neat. You know. That, uh, you know what I mean? We, we all get motivated by different things and it's, it's yours is just, wow. It's just, uh, it's out there. Yeah. Cool. But well, I, I, hey, I, I taught myself, I, I taught myself how to play drums to, um, um, Kansas's carry on my wayward son and uh -huh. the police's bombs away. Okay. Wow. So, I learned how to play yeah, drums by the, I still play on my, this is my drums on my desk. You know, I just, I have two guitars and I don't know how to play either one of them. Yeah. I just, I, I suck at it. I like it. I keep every now and then I pick the guitar up, plug it into the amp and try it. This, yeah. But I, I keep them because I'm motivated by the fact that I read that Eddie Van Halen, the greatest guitarist of all time, could not read music. So, if, if if he can do it, not reading music, you and I can do all kinds of things listening to music. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, that, that's that's kind of how I go. It's, it's that that is that is the motivational factor right there. If I if I don't have music on, it sometimes when I when I if I'm having if I get stuck or get writer's block, I'm realizing that it's most likely because I don't have music playing in the background. Mm. Wow. Wow. Um. Have you ever gotten to the point where, like, when you're creating content for somebody else, you can't read somebody else's content? Like, if you're writing a book for somebody, ghostwriting, you couldn't read my book because it might influence you. You ever have that problem happen? Not really. Um, that if, if I if I feel like I'm kind of going off track, I'll take a break and mm -hmm. walk away. Or and and luckily, you know, as I've as I've been as I've been working with books, you know, usually, usually we're writing chapters at a time. So it's not a, it's not let me write the whole thing and, and give it to you. It's let's write this chapter, work on it. And, you know, and so I'm, I'm so, I, I feel like when I'm, when I'm working, I'm so integrated in the process with, with my clients that it's, there's, we just, we kind of just become one. And I, I really, Again, my, my my goal when I work with somebody is to essentially become them, and so mm -hmm, even if I'm mm -hmm. bringing my inspiration and my thoughts into it, it's filtered through how they would how they would present it. Yeah. So, and it's interesting because, like, I've I've known a couple other ghostwriters. There's I know a ghostwriting company that was here in Dallas for a long time, and and uh, they had quite an interesting way they did it with interviewing people. Like every chapter, they would interview you, and then they the the ghostwriter would write it. And then um, I know that this another friend of mine in, down in Austin named Jonathan. Jonathan goes and like, and he's written like stars books, like, you know, music stars yeah. type books. He goes to their house and he literally spends weeks at their house writing their book by you know, hanging out with them and talking to them and then writing the book. And yeah, it's also, he's getting their vibe and letting their vibe get in his head to write it. So it's a different, everybody's got a different process, I'm sure. So. I can't, I can't write for other people. I can't write, I, I couldn't write your blog post to save my life. I can write mine, but not yours. I don't know why. Yeah. 
Well, I can write yours. Uh, yeah, that's the good thing. You you see, you have a different talent than I have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I only speak one language. That's Tim. <laughs> it's not even English or British English. It's Tim English. Yeah. <laughs> so. English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's about it. So, well, um, what are some things that you're thinking about taking your company to and to do in the next year? All right. Uh, in the next few years, all right, with uh, with the way the world has changed and now everybody's working differently, what are you going to do now uh, to make some changes in your your industry? That um, I feel like that's a loaded question, <laughs> but it's a good. Yeah, um, I always ask loaded questions. Yeah, this is always a loaded question. Yeah, that that's when I when I. When I shifted my business name over to minimalist marketing, it's it's really a reflection of, of my lifestyle. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I have my wife and I have seven have seven kids. We live in a in a thirty six foot travel trailer we have for the last four years. So we we really have kind of this minimalism lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the one of the things that you know that you hear constantly with people on their deathbed is nobody ever says, oh, I wish I worked, you know, more hours in the week. I wish I made more money. It's always, I wish I spent more time with my family. And, um, and I have my, my wife, she's really good at challenging me to spend more time with the family. Um, mm. When we had three kids, you know, I was working corporate jobs, you know, 80 plus hour weeks, you know, I, I was, I was home, but I was never really present. And so I have, really begun to drive this last year, last year right before COVID hit um, to to streamline my business to where where I'm, I'm really able to work when I want to and we have you know, and, and we live within our means, I have, we have zero debt um, and so it's, if, if the, you know, if the economy went complete crap, um, I can be so sustainable um, you know for for a while and mm -hmm. uh, and and so you know my business wise is you know my my ultimate passion and desire is to, to is to create you know from a financial standpoint hit hit a six figure business that's sustainable at six figures yeah for yeah. many reasons um, but at the same time i enjoy what i do so much now that i i I have, I like to keep, you know, two or three, maybe four full time clients. And then I like having, having uh, other clients for, you know, three to four months at a time. That's when, when I do books, I like that because I usually do, do a 90 or 180 day contract with, with somebody to write the book. So we can get it when it's done. So we're not dragging it out. Um, that's the big, I think that's the biggest struggle when people write books is they just, they just drag it out. And, uh, so if we create the create that timeline to where we're going to have this done in 90 days, uh, yeah. you know, it's I like those shorter term contracts. So that's my my business model is again, you know, three four full timers and then just that continual organic thing. And it and it's been so I've been blessed to have organic reach. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just kind of I have people call me up and say, hey, I was referred to you. Um, this is what I need. And I'm like, hey, great, let's do it for three months. Mm -hmm. And they're like, sweet. And um and, and so it's 
I, that's kind of, it's kind of a vague <laughs> growth pattern, you know, you know, to answer that. Well, but it's a, but it's a, no, it, it is a very big, you know what I mean? You got very, very, you know, good goals behind it. And the fact that I want to keep my life living minimalist, but I want to be able to raise to where this, the business is coming in far above what I need. And I love that. All right. Uh, so many people out there, they, they just, they're building their business because they want to buy a Ferrari. I've driven a Ferrari. It's no big deal, guys. It's just another car. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, you know, my, you know, we've lived in condo life for the past eight years. You know, everybody keeps saying as much money as what you guys do. Why aren't you, why don't you have a house? I haven't been frustrated enough with condo life to buy a house yet. <laughs> when I get frustrated enough and it's coming, I'm going to go, just go buy a house. I don't care. All right. But that's yeah. it. We can pick our lifestyle. And, and that's the difference between us and the guy who's got to go, okay, do I got to get the shot to keep my job? You know, right now, you know, that's the, the plus to where our lifestyle yeah. is. And it's great to be there. So I'm yeah. glad you guys are there. So, um, you know, I, I will say, I mean, it, it's still a struggle because you're, you're always facing, well, you know, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. And so I, I have to be, be very, very um, meticulous or, you know, take my vetting process to another level when I, if I want to have a coach or if I want to, you know, invest in somebody else or listen to how they're they're teaching because i think everybody has really great principles um but we it's it's the execution and, and really at the end of the day i have to be very clear on what my vision is and what my motivation is uh, mm -hmm. because then that's going to drive how i'm going to grow my business and i feel like as i'm driving that with more authenticity the business will grow at a pace and a rate where I'm able to do it versus if I had a phone call tomorrow and said, you know, we want to hire you for, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and you need to do this. I'd be like, no. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I love having the ability to say no. That's, that, yeah. that's, I think for me, it's like the success of my business is the ability to say no and not have to, to scrape everything that comes your way. That's, that's beautiful. I mean, cause yeah, I, I can tell you how many years I had to, I had to keep going. I had to take yeses and basically take shit jobs because that's what I had to do to keep food on the table, you know? And uh, now it's like, I finally got to that place where I can work less hours and still get the money I need. You know what I mean? And that's, it takes time to build that. So, yep. yeah. So. My, my, my biggest, um, we were, it was, it's been a while now. It's probably been seven years, but there was there was a point where where I wasn't making enough, and I actually Sunday morning I dragged myself out of bed, you know, my lower humbled head, and I walked down to the to the local intersection and took a job selling the Sunday papers on the street corners, which you know it's it's the craziest thing, but I learned so much. About not just myself in that in those four hours. No, I had to do it one week because I got client the next that following week. And um, but I learned so much not just about myself, but about how people perceive others. Yeah. I think, which I think has been been beneficial for me in writing because as I as I'm writing for my clients and know what their audience is, then yeah, 
I have a better perspective of how to position what I'm what I'm presenting. Cool, cool. So, well, Stephen, I want to make sure everybody can get a hold of you. What is the best website that they can reach out to you and connect with you to take this relationship to another level? It is. They go to minimalistmarketing.biz. There we go. Yes, not a dot com. Yeah. It's a dot biz. Dot biz. And so. Uh, that's, okay. that's probably the easiest to sign up there. Um, I, I love sending out. I have a free 10 tips for copywriting that I give people um, for connecting with me. And then also I, I wrote a, well, I wrote a quote book. So most of the quote, most of the quotes are just from somebody else, but just kind of a, a fun, inspirational little quote book. Cause you know, I, I find like when we write content, you know, everybody, and, it, and it's still apropos is, you know, to throw in some kind of, of uh, quote from somebody else to kind of help, help yeah. drive your point yeah. home. And so, and so I, I love just handing out, it's a, it's a small little ebook. And so everybody gets a copy of that too. Cool. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, but, but before you go, I do have this little game I like to play called this or that. And I have nine questions or yeah, I have seven envelopes for you to pick three of them. And we're going to pull the questions out to ask you. Numbers one through seven, pick three. I will go one, five, and six. One, five, six. Put all them over there. And let's start with number one and see what the questions we get to ask Stephen is. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Question number one. The legendary question people have always gotten on my show is toilet paper. Does it go over on the roll or under at your house? Uh, beards are always better than mullets. <laughs> I hear that it's too old. often, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, how about uh, if you're going for a drink, a uh, bottle of beer or, or a glass of wine? Oh, yes. Um, it's... Do I have to? Do I have to answer? Because it's, it's sometimes it's both. But do I have to give one specific answer? Um, uh, I would say if I have to give a specific answer, I'll say. Okay, you just froze on me, and you're not not allowed to freeze. You froze on me as you're answering the question. <laughs> am, I, am I back now? You're back now. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So the answer was a beer. Okay, beer. All right. Uh, the third one in this questionnaire is Superman or Batman? Batman. Ooh, he's a Batman fanatic. All right. Ooh, Michael Keaton or, or uh, Michael Keaton or uh, Val Kilmer? Which one? <laughs> I got to go with Michael Keaton. Yeah, I still think he was the best Batman. So. Yep. Envelope number two, which is envelope number five for you. Uh, the number one question is, who was the better lead singer of Van Halen, David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar? Gary Sharon. Oh! Uh, I got <laughs> it was nice having you on the show. <laughs> um, I got I got I got to go with David Lee Roth because uh, um, "Animal" is actually one of my top ten all-time favorite songs. Yeah. I'm a big I'm a big Roth fan, but oh my God, they had more hits with Sammy Hagar and like some of the stuff Sammy did, I loved. So it's kind of I, I but I love David Lee Roth more. I don't know why. So yeah. 
Next one, <clears throat> when you're going out to get a cup of coffee, is it Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks? Between those two and Starbucks. All right. I thought so. <laughs> if uh, I, I, question, question number three, which do you more, like more, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. I figured you for a Star Wars guy. I don't know why. I just did. Yeah. You know what it was? Was My dad was a huge Star Trek fan. We went to see the Wrath of Khan in the movie theater. I think I was eight years old. And when that scorpion came on the suit, inside Susan's helmet, I was done. <laughs> interesting so all right envelope number six question number one. Oh gosh i love it boxers or briefs <laughs> um, um it's my favorite tom petty song free ball <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nothing like taking minimalist to the true fashion, huh? You know, I, I knew it, I knew it would come in at some point. Yeah. Oh man. Um, my next one is uh, uh, Coke or Pepsi. Pepsi. Ah, mm. uh, primarily because they make Mountain Dew, and I, I yeah, it's usually another product. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and for the record, because you know people will complain about Mountain Dew, the first ingredient in Mountain Dew, true Mountain Dew, is orange juice. Just saying it's good for our bodies. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. And the last one we have today, I think we're gonna kind of answer this one because of your lifestyle, is hotel or camping. Camping. Considering where you live, yeah. Anyway, you got me, boy, you got me all riled up. I'm coughing. I'm laughing so hard. Uh, uh, well, Stephen, one more time, tell them the website so they can get a hold of you and connect with you and uh, and take this relationship to the next level. Minimalistmarketing.biz. Okay. Cool. Well, I thank you for taking time out of your schedule, coming by and sharing with my audience today. I really appreciate you doing that for me. I, I appreciate the opportunity to come on. Cool, cool. So to you guys, the guests, our visitors, all right, I want to tell you thank you for coming in today. All right, go check out Stephen at minimalistmarketing.biz, and we will see you next time with another great guest. In the meantime, guys, have a great day. Bye now.